All right. And in the vein of celebration, hey, how was Easter last week, y'all? Celebrating Easter. First time in our church history, we were able to have five different services, Good Friday and on Easter Sunday. And one of the biggest things that I love about Easter is that we get a chance to reach so many more people that usually wouldn't come to church uh, to share the good news with them and hopefully with them getting a relationship with the Lord. And we actually have a number I want to share your way. And this number is the amount of people that gave their lives to Jesus, what we call salvation here. So you guys can participate. Give me a drum roll on your lap. Let's go. All right. We have 45 salvations, everybody. Let's go. So we get excited when people give their lives to Jesus because the Bible lets us know that there's great joy in heaven when one person returns to him. So thank you for all the superheroes, what we call our volunteers, who made it happen. Uh, Without you guys, we weren't able to do so. So once again, let's celebrate the Easter season, y'all. And today, I just want to continue that that Easter storyline. Uh, if you've been with us, you've noticed that we've went through Jesus of Nazareth series, and it was all about the life and miracles of Jesus. And then last week, we celebrated the death and resurrection of Jesus. And what I want to do today is I want to continue on the journey with the disciples post-resurrection. And so within Scripture, as we read through the, the storyline of the book of Acts, which we'll be in today, um, Jesus has ascended into heaven, and he gave him the mandate, the commission to his disciples to go out and make disciples and teaching them and baptizing them. And he also told his disciples to make sure that they stay in Jerusalem uh, to receive the gift of the Father whom he promised long ago. And what we're going to do is we're going to pick it up in Acts chapter 2 here. And as we get into our passage, um, one thing I love about getting into the Word of God is when you read a passage, you can always go back and forward a little bit to get a little more context on the story. And uh, as Jesus had mentioned about them staying here, the the day of Pentecost actually came. Uh, This was 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit came to the followers roughly about 120 people at the time. And as the Spirit descended on the disciples and the apostles, it said a great rush, a whirlwind, came into the room. And at that time, there were Jewish people that were there in Jerusalem uh, to celebrate a holiday, a, a Jewish holiday called Shavuot, which was the celebration of giving the Torah, uh, the law to the people. And as the Holy Spirit came, there was a lot of commotion. There was loud noises. And some of the people that were there in the crowd said, hey, these people must be drunk. Like, there's so much commotion going on right now. Like, they must be drinking and partying. And Peter, who was an early uh, uh, leader of the church, stood up amongst the 11 and said, guys, listen, it's 9 in the morning, right? We love to party, but not, not at 9 in the morning, right? And he delivered a speech. And, and that one speech The Bible says that 3,000 people got saved in one day, in one time. And as the people got saved, here we pick it up where the early church started to form a community. The early church started to form a community. And so if you're taking notes, I want you guys to write this down for the the message title. I want to bring you guys a message today called The Church Blueprint. Say that with me. The Church Blueprint. And as you're writing that down, uh, what is a blueprint, right? A blueprint is a design or model drawing 
by an architect or an engineer right, on how things were designed to function. And so as we read this passage here, we're going to see how God designed the church to be. You guys ready? ready? All right. Verse 42 here. And all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of, the, of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. A growing church, a thriving church. And so what I want to do right now, guys, is I want to draw out two big themes from our text here. And within the uh, drawing out of the themes, I want to unpack a little bit of verse by verse here on some topics that the Bible introduces. You know, one of the great joys that I have is as I get to, to teach the Word of God, I love to equip you all on how to engage the Word for yourself. And one principal component that you can do is you want to begin to look at certain themes or topics that the Bible specifically talks about, and you want to use that uh, theme or topic and allowing the Word of God to interpret itself. Meaning, what other parts in the Bible does it, it talks about this? Is there an elaboration on that? And so, we'll get into that together. All right? But two major themes or takeaways that we can get from this text is that the early church, they built relationships and made a difference. Online family, the early church, they built relationships and made a difference. Two big themes from our passage here. So let's go through a little bit of building relationships. How did the early church do so, right? So we have four things here that we read off together. The first one says that they were devoted, which means they prioritized, they, they uh, made of utmost importance for these things. So number one, the apostles' teachings, all right? The apostles' teachings. And the word apostle basically means sent one, one who is sent by God or Jesus, and what happened during that time was they didn't have the New Testament like we do today, right? They had to rely on those who were walking with Jesus at the time to receive uh, the teachings of Christ. And I, I shared this earlier with uh, the, the, the two services beforehand is, man, I love the season of life that we're in. It's because we have technology um, at our fingertips. And I don't know if you have any of you guys download the Bible app or have the Bible app on your phone. A fair amount of you guys. But when I first started following Jesus, man, like this app was like crucial uh, to my journey. Uh, and it's because when you go through the Bible app, you can literally go to the teachings of the apostles, right? Peter, James, John, Matthew, all those guys, uh, the, the gospel, you can go in and you can even listen um, as it reads to you as well. I, I love the ESV version because it sounds like, you know, like a fatherly figure speaking to you. It's like, come and follow me. And I will show you. I mean, fish. I'm like, yes, sign me up, right? ESV. But 
They devoted themselves to the teachings. They also devoted themselves to fellowship. To fellowship. What is fellowship? Uh, the Greek word here is kononia. Kononia. That means to have in common or to have partnerships. To have things in common or to partner with someone. We'll break that down here in a little bit. They also broke bread together. The breaking of bread. They were able to share good meals together. Come on, how many of you guys love some good food up in here? Let's go. Right? And they were able to, you know, not only spend time together at the local place of worship, but they're able to get some good food together. And if you guys want to get some good food with me, Ruth, Chris, where you at, y'all? Let's go. Let's break some bread. Uh, it says here, along with the Lord's Supper. I'm adding on. First two, I said Fogo de Chao. Now I'm adding Ruth, Chris. I'm, I'm on Yelp between, right? I'm like, well, let's see what, what's going on over here. But along with the Lord's Supper, this means that as they were eating, they paused and they remembered the sacrifice of Jesus through communion, right? The breaking of bread and the remembrance of the shedding of blood. The last one here, uh, they were devoted to prayer, right? They were devoted to praying. So what is prayer? Uh, the book of Philippians let us know that prayer, is, that to present our prayers and supplication to the Lord. And it says that, tell God what you need and thank him for what he's done. All right, so prayer is a component of requests and thanksgiving, and it's a dialogue when we uh, speak to God in our own time. And there's something supernatural when we come together to have prayer corporately. Um, as I was like kind of reflecting on this component of prayer, um, I'm a big kind of like science, biology kind of a thing. And um, any of you guys love like, you know, history of like science and all that topic? If you go through history, there is a thing called a, a fusion bomb. Right. And if you know a thing about fusion, it's when two atoms merge together to create something that is infinite in, in energy, if you will. Right. Close to infinite energy. And think about it. It's the same with our prayers as well. Using that as an analogy, it's one thing when we pray alone. Right. But when we combine it, when we fuse it with other people, it creates a dynamite power and energy. And I believe that the, the early church, they knew this and they saw it happening. You go to Acts 12, you want to read that story. But there's something happens supernaturally when we combine our faith together. And you notice that uh, it says here they met together, right, at the temple and in each other's home. So they were focused on building relationships. Um, and that second component, which we talked about, was they, were, they made a point to be devoted to making a difference as well. So let's unpack that from this passage. How did they, they made a difference? Well, they did three things. They shared, they cared, and they practiced generosity. Yeah. They shared, they cared, and practiced generosity. What they share? It says here in the passage, they shared everything they had, right? They also shared their money with those in need. And they also shared meals with one another, as we, as we just talked about. How did they care? They sold their monies in their possession to care for those that were in need. And lastly here, uh, they practiced generosity beyond caring for one another. I believe they were devoted into giving their tithe and offering to the temple. Because if you think about it, they met at the temple each day. And meeting at a place each day at a, at a local place of worship, right, requires finances, right? Somehow the lights had to be on, right? Whether it be electricity or the candles, someone had to you know, pay for that. And so if they met there each day, there'd be a lot of um, uh, uh, resources needed to make that do so. And so what I want to do now 
is that now we have kind of like an overview of these two big topics. I want to dive in a little bit more on each one in building relationships and making a difference. And the key to all this, church, is application, right? Because it's one thing to read the Word of God. It's another thing to understand it. But the best thing that you can do is apply it, what we call wisdom, right? So let's uh, work on the comprehension of relationships so we can apply it. There's, there's a stat here. Gallup did a survey in 1991, and Gallup, they're, they're a big organization that is big on surveying, and they, they reported that 3% of Americans said they had zero friends in 1991. So in 1991, 3 out of 100 Americans said they had no friends. They did another study in 2021, and they found out that 12% now of Americans said they had zero friends. So that's a four times increase in the span of 30 years, right? So 12 out of 100 people said they had nobody, not one person, right? And here's the implication of it, a scientific study, as I share with you guys, I love science partially. Um, it says loneliness is equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. When you don't have community, when you don't have fellowship, it's like smoking 15 cigarettes in one day. I shared this earlier. Um, so my lovely wife and I, we have two kids. And uh, Elena, our oldest one, she's turning three in June. And uh, one thing I love about her is like kind of like following her around and like seeing what she does. Because um, I'm a firm believer that, you know, a child will manifest what's deep on the inside of you already. And it just brings it out to light because they don't have any filter or anything like that, right? So my, my wife was sharing with me the other day. She saw Elena on the couch. Um, she found one of our clickers for one of our fireplace she used two two things uh, a remote and one of those clickers and she was pretending it was a cell phone now lord i'm asking him to help me and join you guys in my prayer as well because he was she was calling up one of her friends at school and her the friend just so happens to be a boy right so she's like pressing on the button and she's like hunter hunter michaels right and and she was sharing in, uh, or, or, or on the phone, and she's like, okay, I got to go. Hangs up. <laughs> Calls up another friend, right? Like, Keith Roberts? <laughs> right? Starts talking and going like that. I'm like, where are you getting all these friends from, right? Like, help, help me make some friends like you. But I was, I was kind of laughing this because, you know, it shows us that deep down inside of us, at, even at a young age, we're yearning for community, right? We're yearning for some type of connection with one another. And would you know it, church, that the enemy's plan for your life is to separate you from community, to separate you from other believers. Think about this. In the book of Genesis, we get the story of creation. And I love Genesis because we can unpack uh, how God designed things to be and a big overview of what life is. And if you go to the story, you get a story of how Satan, his first step was not allowing Eve to sin, right, was not to tempt her. But the first step was he was focused on getting her alone. The enemy waited until Eve was alone. She was separated from Adam and God. And there he began to speak to her, to put in suggestion. And so the enemy operates still the same today. Is he wants to separate us from community, from faithful people, so that he could speak to us, right? And then when we allow that to permeate us, that's when we sin. 
And so the best defense against the, this is to get around faith-filled people. Amen? Get around faith-filled people. Because we can spend our time around with people in general, right? We can have tons of friends on Instagram or on, online, but there, there's a difference when you're actually in position with faith-filled people. All right, so Pastor John, what are the benefits of having faithful relationships. What do I get from it when I am around faithful people? Well, you get strength and support. You get strength in and you get support. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 12 says this, two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two, somebody say, but two, can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better. For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. So there's power and strength. Come on, we can celebrate the word of God. When you get around people, right? Uh, next one here, another benefit that you can have is healing. Everybody say that, healing. healing. When we get around community, we can experience healing. What do you mean? Let's go to James chapter 5, verse 16. It says this in the Word of God. It says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So that you may be the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. So the principle is this, church. The principle is that we go to God for forgiveness, right? But we go to each other for healing. Online family, we go to God for forgiveness. We go to each other for healing. Now, I know in here when it comes to this whole community thing, it's a little bit newer. Uh, maybe we've never been to church before, and uh, you're probably thinking, yourself, Pastor Chow, that sounds great in, in, in theory and in person, but man, like I'm going to have a hard time sharing with people what, what, what's going on in my life, right? Well, I want to encourage you with this biblical principle um, or biblical illustration, if you will. If you go through the book of Hebrews, um, there's a verse, and we don't have it on the screen, but um, I want to share it from you from the heart. It says that since we are surrounded by a great group of witnesses, let us strip off every sin that so easily strip, uh, makes us uh, trip, right? And so you see there, the, the, the component within Hebrews is that sin is equated to weight, right? And so we all know that we're broken, right, in this world, in our nature. The Bible says that we have a a fleshly side, and we have a spiritual side. And Paul says these two are constantly fighting amongst one each other, right? Constantly back and forth, back and forth. How many people here have been back and forth, back and forth in their sin and their struggle, their ups and their downs, right? And so what happens is that when you are in your low moments, when you get around people and you share, hey, listen, this is what's going on in my life right now. Right? This is what I'm carrying. This is the sin. This is the, the tension that's in my life. And you're going to notice that there's freedom. 
when you share what's going on. There's freedom when you don't let the devil grab you by the feet anymore and you say, hey, you know what? This is what I'm struggling with, right? He's got no more power over you. And you're going to see, online family, you're going to see that that elephant's foot, that weight that's on you, it's going to be lifted off, and you're going to walk in freedom of how God designed you to be in the first place. But it takes community. It takes community. So how can you do it here at Highlight Church? How can we, can we practically apply it, that wisdom, right? Well, ladies, let's go. Come on. Flourishing is coming up, y'all. Flourishing Conference. That's second place on uh, May 12th and 13th. And, you know, I was uh, on Instagram not too long ago, and I saw Pastor Kyra's Instagram, and uh, she's definitely excited for it. Uh, she had a video the other day. She was on her Peloton bike right, exercise and getting out in the sun, getting healthy. And I was like, man, I really want to be a part of flourishing. <laughs> but then I realized I'm not a woman. So the next best thing is I want to serve at this event, y'all. So, hey, if you're a superhero, if you're a guy superhero, come and serve at the event. It's a way to bypass and kind of listen in to the teaching and everything. But, no, we're, we're excited for this because, ladies, here's the thing. We have four different services here on a Sunday, right? So you're not going to meet every other lady within the church. But when you're able to get into an environment where you're other, meet other people, lady, uh, other ladies, you're going to see God beginning to build that relationship, okay? So you don't want to miss out on that. Another one here is light groups. How you can get plugged in here is light groups. And light groups for me, I get really excited about is because um, it had a big impact in my life when I joined a, a small group. So if you guys didn't know my story, Chrissy and I, my wife, we lived in Florida beforehand before moving into Maryland, and uh, I had a Catholic background. So what I was used to, if you're not familiar with Catholicism, is you go in, you know, it's very, like, um, quiet for the most part. There's a lot of standing up, sitting down, standing up, sitting down, hashtag leg day at, at church, right? <laughs> Francie, I, I see you, man. Don't, don't work out with Francie, y'all, because uh, you will be sore for the next two months. <laughs> promise you guys, out of experience. But, so... Coming into uh, Florida, I've never experienced a Christian, what we call a non-denominational church, kind of like what we do today, a, a Bible-based church where we just preach from the Bible and worship. And I remember just sitting through it, and I'm like, man, like this is like kind of different because I'm not used to it. But the best part was at the end of the, uh, the service, there's a gentleman, a handsome gentleman came up stage, and he, he showed a connection card. He's like, hey, if you're new here, you want to make sure you fill out this connection card. There's some next steps can check off small groups, can check off baptism, can check off getting plugged in. And I'm sitting there like most of us when we're newer to a thing with our hands crossed, right, really tight. And uh, my uh, mother-in-law, she is a very uh, passionate person. She's Hispanic. Where are my Hispanic people at in here? Let's go. And she was the one that invited us to this church, so she elbowed me on, on the side. He said, Chow, if you don't fill out this card, I'm going to whoop you. I'm like, you got it, right? So I checked off. I checked off. Um, yes, I want to get into a small group. Yes, I want to get baptized. And then it was maybe a couple of days later, I, I got a phone call. And would you know it, it was actually Pastor Josh calling me. He was the guy on the stage, and he was the one that was um, uh, connecting with guests afterwards. And he's like, hey, I'd love to get you plugged into a group and get you baptized and on your next steps. And I remember on, on the phone, I was kind of hesitant at first because it wasn't from a, a genuine place that I, I filled out that card. But I knew that God was doing something in me right. to step out on faith, to push past the flesh and to do something different, right? And church, I'll tell you today, that was one of the best decisions that I ever made was stepping into a small group. 
Because there, you know, that was the first time I was exposed to men. Actually, Chris was the one that led the group. We got it for Chris, everybody, our creative pastor. And so Chris was the one that was like, hey, you know, pray it in today. Uh, hey, can you read this and connect me with different guys? And um, I'm just kind of getting a little bit of um, emotional about it. But it was really where I be, found out where I can become a man, a man of God. And it was in that opportunity that I was able to connect with Chris and build with Pastor Joshua. And now I've got some amazing friends and some amazing coworkers. And we moved to Maryland together and we started Highlight together. And you guys are here now. And it was simply because of that one decision. So I just don't want to celebrate for myself in that story. But what, God, what can God do when you get into a group? What God can do? When you say yes to getting around community. Amen? Amen? All right, let's go. So let's continue on. Let's talk about making a difference now, right? So the church, they were focused on building relationships, and they were also focused on give, or, or making a difference. How did they do so? They did so by their giving and their serving. The early church, they made a difference through their giving and their serving. So let's touch base on that giving aspect first, their, their finances. And... That's something that we don't shy away uh, in here at Highlight Church is, is finances. Because we know the Bible talks a lot about finances. Matter of fact, Jesus even said it. He said that you can't serve God and money, right? Either you'll be devoted to the one or despise the other. And so we, in, in our human nature, we hold money to a high esteem. And it, it, we should, right? Because we work hard for it. We have to um, uh, show up at a place. But here's the thing. When we align how we manage our finances according to the word of God, that's how we can become most blessed, right? Online family, when you go through the word of God and when you position yourself in such a way that you follow it, you're going to be most blessed. So I want to share this uh, uh, biblical principle with you when it comes to your finances. Proverbs 11, 24 to 25 says this, give freely and become more wealthy, be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Everybody say prosper. prosper. Don't be afraid of the word. God wants you to prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. All right? So this is a biblical principle, a key when it comes to being blessed in life, is to give, to be generous. And here's the thing. It's not about giving or to be generous for your return but it's about giving and being generous because of your obedience, right? And when you don't put a time limit on what God can do, you're going to see God always bring back full circle some type of blessing into your life. It may not be financial, but it may be something else that you're like, you know what, when you compare this to finance, it has nothing in comparison on what God did for me. And so church and online family, I want to encourage you, test God in this area, right? Commit to the tithe. Commit to bringing your first and your best to your local place of worship, right? Your offering above and beyond. And within the blueprint here that we saw on how the early church did it, they sold their money in the possessions to care for one another. I just want to give a, a quick shout out um, to the light group that, that I actually lead on, on Tuesday. Any, any light group men on here that I is on Tuesday? There you go. What's up, Daniel? There we go. So if you saw a few of the other guys, but... Daniel, you knew, this was probably like a few weeks ago, 
uh, we found out that actually one of our fellow light group participants was in need. Uh, they reached out to me and I said, hey, Pastor Child, you know, I know you're always checking on in. I want to let you know what's going on right now. They shared that um, they actually got evicted from their home due to a circumstance that was outside of their control. And now they were, uh, this person had no place to stay, no place to go. And so I'm like, you know what? This is a chance for the church to be a church, for our groups to be the church. So I literally shot out a, a message to uh, each individual because we wanted to protect that person's privacy, right? And just shared, hey, we got one person that's being evicted. They need some help. Let's help them out with some gas and some food at, at, at minimum, right? And that was all I was expecting. And wouldn't you know it, church, we collected this pool of money. And when we gave it to him, he said, Pastor Chow, you would not believe it. I was literally doubting God that he existed right now. And I, I said to myself, I prayed, I said, hey, if you're a real God, show yourself in such a way. All right. And he didn't know that we were rallying for, for him. And the amount that he needed to get one month's rent, we exceeded that amount for him. Come on, we can celebrate. Hallelujah for that. And then he texted me afterwards. He said, Pastor Chow, I will never doubt God again, wow. right? Through your guys and through your generosity, God made a way. So hallelujah to that. Amen. But church is a place where you can go and be real and, and share what you're going through. And who knows? Maybe in the future, God will bless you. And now you can continue to be generous to other people. And we can strengthen each other. Because some seasons, some of us may be in a low time. But some seasons, we may be killing it, right, in, in our workplace and, you know, in our finances. And in every season, God can use you to make a difference, okay? All right, let's go on to another way that you can make a difference, right? The first one was giving. Uh, second one here is using your talents, right? You can give beyond just your finances, but you can use your talents. Well, Pastor Chow, I feel like I don't have any talents. I feel like I'm hashtag basic. <laughs> Here's my encouragement to you. Every person has received a gift from God to make a difference. Online family, you have received a gift from God to make a difference. I'll prove it to you. First Peter 4, 8 through 11 says this. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you, each of you, a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them. Don't sit on it. Use them. And only, not only use them, use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. And so, church, each one of you here has something specific that God has given you to make a difference. And the thing is, the church is incomplete without you. Raphael, we are incomplete without you. All right? Jackie, we're incomplete without you. And just that idea of fusion again, right? We're all individuals, but we come together, we fuse, we can make a great impact. 
So how do we make a difference here at, at Highlight Church, right? What are some practical ways that we can do so? Well, the first one is this, is to become a superhero, what we call our volunteers. And if you, if you see, we have some amazing superheroes in the room right now. They have superhero shirts on or, or kids. But just on the idea of, of, of superheroes is that each and every single one of us, we may not have the same gift, right? But there's something so unique to us that when we come collectively together, we can make a place where people can encounter Jesus. So you may not know what your gift is. And so when you come to Super Steps, taking place on April 30th, we're, we're going to able to help you discover your gifts, then ultimately make a difference. The second component in, in making a difference here at Highlight is to give, right? To give of your finances. Come on, y'all. Frederick 2024, y'all, we're coming to Frederick. I'm sure our pastor's going to hit on this next week on Vision Sunday, but Frederick just can't happen out of nowhere. But it's going to take finances and it's going to take foot soldiers, and so as we prepare for this right now, right, as we give, we have to know that it's going to a greater vision. We're, we're, we're giving to create a space where people can encounter God, where they can find eternal life, where they can find community to find freedom. And so maybe today, one of your next steps from God's blueprint here is to commit to the tithe, your first and your best, your 10%. And if you want to go beyond that, it's called the offering. The fun zone is what I call it, Right. Giving to God and then caring for other people, your generosity amongst each other. But here's the thing. You have to know what's going on with each other in order to give, right? You have to build relationships in order to make a difference amongst each other. So maybe that's your step is to find out what's going on in life of the church by getting into the community. And as we close it out on here today, I want to share this last passage with y'all when it comes to the blessing of being attached and planted to a healthy local church. Psalm 92, verse 12 to 14. The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish, another word there is to prosper or to thrive, in the courts of our God outside of the church. They still bear fruit in old age, they are ever full of sap and green. So the principle is this, is that when we're rooted, when we're planted, when we take that next step in being a part of a local community, whether it be making relationships, building relationships, or, or making a difference, the Bible says that we're going to flourish. We're going to thrive. And not only that, but even in our old age, I don't know about y'all, but I want to be 85 years old and still killing it for the Lord, thriving for the Lord. 